Teresa Greco, how are you today? I'm awesome. Thank oh. you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Like I said, you're a true rock star because you are doing back-to-back -back interviews. You are the rock star of happiness. You're a life coach, a wife, a mother. You are so many great things. But I feel like there's such a story behind how you got to where you are today. And I'm going to just sort of chat with you about some of those things. So how did you get into life coaching? Can I ask? Well, it was, I feel like a natural progression that stemmed from the work that I was doing on myself personally. So it is part of my happiness journey that I've been on for over 10 years. And then I reached a point um, about four years ago that I felt that I could help others that were going through the same things that I was going through at that time in my life. And so for my story begins with the milestone of turning 40. It was that big birthday, let's say, that had me taking a step back and reevaluating my life that I think we all reach those crossroads in our life that could happen because of a loss of like work or, or a partner or um, for, or it is the big birthdays. Those always seem to, to initiate stuff. It could be illness. It could be an accident, lots of different things that can force us to just like stop and, and reevaluate. The pandemic was that for a lot of people as well. Yeah. And so um, that's where mine started. For me, I had some different questions that I needed help answering. And those questions were, am I happy living the life I'm living that if I had reached half my life at that point, because it was about 40, could I imagine living the same life for the next 40 years? Wow. Big could... question. Big question. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, but it's hard. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, my clients, uh, your clients, women, humans that are going through that exact question and it is tough to look in the mirror and say is this what I'm going to be doing for the second half of my life mm -hmm. because hindsight is so powerful you know a lot of people say you know don't look back you know you should just always move forward I agree with that but I am a big huge believer in looking back to see how far you've come and sometimes and maybe you can share a little bit about your you know sort of your aha moment where you took a look in the mirror is that you know we should never really regret what we've done because it's made us who we are but we have the power and the ability to change it because we're, you know, the author, the narrator, the actress or actor. And so we get to rewrite any chapter or any sequel as we see fit. And obviously that's where you found yourself was looking, am I rewriting this, this next chapter? And so what was it for you? You talk about loss, you talk about the loss of a partner, a loved one, a job, the pandemic. So what was the one thing in kind of two sentences or less that it was for you? I'm so curious to know. So there was this void and this feeling that something was missing in my life that just didn't make sense because my life had checked off all the boxes that family, society, culture, religion tell you, you need to have a happy life. 
as a woman. Very fulfilling career, beautiful, healthy family, our own home, cars in the driveway, vacations a year, lots of beautiful material things. So if my life looked perfect, how is it that I still felt that there was something missing and Mm -hmm. that it didn't matter what I, what, how much more education I got, what, what more job experience I got, how much more could I serve that every single thing that I've always done was coming from how may I serve? How can I make a positive difference in the world? And it didn't matter how much more I was on what they what they call the tra- uh, satisfaction treadmill, which is where we set these goals for ourselves, we achieve them, we feel good for a little bit, and then we set the next ones a little bit higher, and then we work to achieve them, we feel good for a little bit, and then you're like, now what? And you're always looking for that next thing to, to make you feel happy. And so, and it didn't matter how much more I did, I still was unhappy and unfulfilled. And so it, it was in the asking, it was in the realization of that, that this feeling of being lost, this feeling of like, how does someone get to the age of 40 and not know who she is? And mm. then I suffered in silence for a very long time, not wanting to talk to anybody about it. Why? because. Can I ask why? Because I feel like as women, we do that a lot and we suffer in silence because we feel like we're doing our, our job or our duty of providing for our family, looking after the kids, the home, the husband, wives, whatever the case may be. And so you suffered in silence because was it almost like I, I have so many clients and so many women that will say to me, outside, I look like I have this perfect life. And I know through private investigation, you know, the gals and the ladies that call me and they've got, you know, the vacations, the the massive, you know, homes and vacation properties all over the world and Black American Express card, they feel bad to say something's missing, I'm not happy. And was that what it was for you? It's almost like this guilt, like, I look at other people and I feel so much more fortunate. So why aren't I happy? I'll just keep it to myself. Was that what it was for you Mm -hmm, for keeping mm -hmm. silent? It's some of that. It's some of that. But also my life is very tied, tied to looking for that love and belonging and acceptance outside of myself. And in looking for that love, I was trying to please everybody else and trying to be the perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect daughter, perfect daughter-in-law, perfect friend, perfect employee, living up to external expectations for who I needed to be for everybody else. And that contributed to this loss of myself in the process, not knowing who I really was, not showing up authentically in my life, because I was showing up as everyone else needed me to be. And so because it was very much tied to this love and belonging, how could I tell people that, oh, I'm not happy in my life? It's like, Teresa, what do you have to complain about? Your life looks perfect. So there was that element of people not being able to understand then that element of being judged for it. And so I also didn't want that. And I also didn't want people to think that I wasn't appreciating the life that I had. And so to avoid all of that judgment, I just I, I just chose not to talk to any about it. And I just spiraled like down and down and down. But I, in the me losing myself, and never really connected to the, I didn't even know who my true authentic was because of me living up 
to every everybody else. I wasn't loving myself at all because I was looking for that love outside of me. Because I wasn't connected to that love, I also believed that nobody really loved me. So if I if I even spoke out, it would just be them also just turning their back and 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 not supporting me. Like I wasn't going to get anything because I really didn't believe anyone really loved me either. And that if I died, this is the low point of my life, that if I died, nobody would even care. I didn't believe my parents loved me. I didn't believe my spouse loved me. I didn't, I believe my children loved me, but I didn't believe anybody else really did. And that, as I said, if I died, everybody would just continue living the life that they, that they're living and who cares. And it sounds like to me, these are all very familiar feelings, not only from a professional standpoint, but also a personal standpoint because we tell ourselves stories that are not true. You know, I've come to, you know, when you said uh, I lost myself, I think you were finding yourself. So I sort of always changed the narrative that when you felt the most low or the most lost is probably when the most growth was happening too. It was the universe's way of pushing you and saying, uh, Teresa, no, you are loved. You are needed. You are wanted. You are this beautiful force. Now show up for how you're supposed to show up. And it is a painful process. I always call it sort of like a rebirth um, and if you can imagine being birthed at 40, not a pretty sight or 25 or 105, it doesn't matter for me age. But as soon as you start to look inside yourself and see all the things, and now you're actually saying them out loud, I bet you four, five, six years ago, you would have never said what you just said, because mm -hmm. that that was always your inner thoughts and your very personal feelings. And I love the fact that you're sharing your experience and your journey through storytelling, because that's how people and other women are going to learn. And hopefully they're not going to wait till 40 or a hundred to, to be able to voice that and how beautiful that you're mirroring it for not only uh, yourself, but also for your children and for many other upcoming, you know, amazing women that are maybe feeling the same way. Thank you. Thank you for that. It, I feel like it's it summed up a lot of where I was at at that time and how I eventually came to a place that I realized that I could help other people by sharing it. And I think that when I just shared that low point with you, I think today was like the very first time I haven't like shed any tears or choked up saying it because even just last week I shared it and I, I got choked up. Um, and so it, it is, I think, you know, this healing process that that you go through and and, it, and knowing that if I can help other people. And so when you said it was about going inward, that was what exactly it was in that it was. And for me, it was that uh, practice of meditation that really changed my life that this was again, over 10 years ago, I had all those questions, only like nobody could answer them because I was tired of looking outside for answers. That's what we're conditioned to do is to look outside for everything, asking everybody else, what do you think? What do you think? And then trying to find the answers and trying to look for that, for that love, that peace, that happiness in our possessions, 
positions, titles, degrees, relationships, experiences, we're conditioned to look in all of those areas to try to fill what it is that, that we need, not recognizing that everything we want or are looking for always exists inside of us. We just have to go inward. And so at that time, I had gone to a medium and I said, you know, I have these questions. I have a stack of books on my nightstand. I want to hear from God. I need help with these questions. What, you know, what do I do? And she says, spirit is telling me that you need to meditate. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. So I've been brought up Catholic. I knew how to pray. You that and I are the same that way. I brought up Roman Catholic, but very spiritual. And that I bet you was a big turning point for you. It sure was for me. Huge. And that I had a lot of resentment then towards my religion because my religion told me that God was outside of me. God was at church specifically. And that if I didn't get to church, it wasn't the same. That yeah, you could pray at home, but no, God and Jesus were at church. So that's where you had to go. And so I grew up believing that God was outside, this entity outside of me, <laughs> instead of that, that moment that, so luckily for me, there was a, a meditation center close by my home. I called them up. I said, you know, and 10 years ago, meditation was still, was still weird and woo-woo, that yeah. my family thought it was part of a cult when I started to talk about it. Now it's like, <laughs> right now it's so lovely. Everybody's doing it. It's such a big trend and buzzword now where I'm so thankful because if people can, can, can actually do it and practice it, then they're going to reap some of the benefits and they're more open to talking about spirituality now than, you know, we were even back then, as I said, it was like weird and woo woo. Whereas I think things are, are changing, which makes sure my message around happiness a little bit easier for people to understand because they don't, you know, maybe immediately put their back up. But of course. And I love the fact about, you know, I just did a big uh, sort of talk on mindfulness and the whole meditation and just being in the moment, you know, I know just sort of going backwards as well, everybody, every mental health professional, and I deal with a lot of them, uh, everybody regarding brain wellness, they're all about being mindful and meditation. So I always thought I had to become, you know, a yogi and I had to go and drive, you know, half an hour there, do the hour, hour and a half class and drive. <laughs> Who has three hours? Like I wish, right? But what I came to learn very quickly is that you can meditate anywhere and for any amount of time, whether it's two minutes or 102 minutes, same effect. And it improves your brain health, your mental health, your soul, your spirituality, your leadership. It helps give clarity to, you know, decision-making power. So I, sorry, I'm obviously you can see, I get all worked up in a good way when people, you know, talk about mindfulness and meditation, because it really grounds you to a place of clarity. Right. And that sounds like that's what happened for you is that you got to a place where you were like, okay, now I see everything step by step, whether it's, you know, becoming spiritual, which I'm assuming you are now. It doesn't mean you have to give up your religion. It could mean you give up your religion, or it could just mean that you practice spirituality. And God is like, to me, I do like, I still pray. 
I still whatever, but I do more believe in being spiritual and the universe. There's too much evidence. There's too many things that have happened to say that it's a coincidence or, you know, it doesn't exist. Right. So, but I think that's a podcast for a whole other time as well, mm -hmm. uh, because we have, uh, we have a few more really important questions that I want to ask you. And so when you had this, let's just say spiritual awakening or awakening of, I'm going to say almost like your heart and your soul, and you realized that the love was always inside of yourself. I mean, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of resilience, but it also changes a lot of things for you and it'll change your dynamic and how you deal with your personal and professional life and so was it tough for you to sort of come out and say look at I have this clarity I'm not perfect at it but this is the road I'm going down please support me did you have the support from your from your family and loved ones well I think when you start to discover your inner being versus your outer being. So we are living most of us with the outer being and not familiar with the inner being. And that is a lot of the work that I do with my clients is they've achieved all of that outside stuff. And it's yeah. like, now what? Well, the now what is like, oh my goodness, there's a whole journey going inward to discover a part of yourself that that again, we don't know how to connect with. We we don't talk about it openly because people people feel it's weird. Although sometimes I you know I might refer to it as that gut instinct, that in that intuition, but it is your spiritual self. It's the energetic, infinite, eternal part of you. It is the energetic part that is con that is connected to everything around us. It is that higher intelligence that wisdom that we have access to that love peace and happiness that is our true essence and original nature that that is what we connect to when we go inward versus being so outward and sometimes you know closing your eyes and like and, and stopping distraction on the outside can help us to focus on that that part of us that is always speaking to us, that is trying to guide us towards our happiest life. We're that inner genius and superpower and magic and creativity and extraordinariness. All of that exists inside. And so it's like, now we just have to make time to connect with it. And that's also part of like, and how do we connect with it? Because it's different for everybody. And so I realize that when you start to tap in and you start to discover this, you just want to shout it from the rooftops. You're just like, everybody. Like, yeah. And then you yeah. realize it was like, no, no. And then it's like, oh, okay. You know, everyone's on their own path. They're all on their own journey. When they choose to awaken, even if they may not awaken, that's also on a, on a, everybody's soul path and and experience that they want to have in this lifetime is different so I realized okay you know you just need to back off and really but you get excited and passionate about it and it's kind of like well I feel like this and I feel like you can feel like this so you want to help people and like you said sometimes people aren't ready mm -hmm. to be helped and I know that you know even in the private investigation um, business, you know, a lot of people will call me in their worst time. So whether it's infidelity, a questionable behavior, addiction, the loss of a loved one, the loss or kidnapping of a child, there's many different reasons people had called us. 
And I always just want to run to their rescue because I feel like people like us who are healers, they, you want to help. But something that I struggled with for a few years is that, and it sounds like you did as well. I don't know for the amount of time, but I just wanted to help everybody. And you had to realize, like you said, you have to take a step back and say, I'm here if you need me. But when people ask you, you know, why or how am I going to feel better? You want to give them the answers. And, you know, maybe it's a matter of not giving them the answers. I don't mean telling them what's wrong, but giving them the answers of, you know, living in the moment about meditation, living in gratitude, you know, listening to your higher or finding your higher power and finding that inner peace, because then we're able to you know, become unbreakable. We're able to deal with the big stuff as it comes and it will come. You and I both know it's coming, right? It, it just, it's hills and valleys, it's obstacles. There, There's birth, there's death, there's lots of love and, you know, excitement, you know, along the way of the, the journey of life. But it sounds like you really sort of tapped into your inner self and said, okay, I am enough. I am love. And I'm okay with who I am. You know, there's room for improvement for everybody, uh, myself included, but it sounds like you went down sort of that rabbit hole and said, I, I love this. I don't like this about myself. And now I want to share with others who are ready to get the help that I can offer them. And I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you. But it, it was, it was like six years of working on myself. So as yeah. said, going into that rabbit hole was like, oh, wow. So then there was like a whole realization that as soon as I tapped into that, which is love, and it's like, oh, geez, then then I realized all the different ways that I was not loving myself, how I was, how my mental self was not in alignment with that love, how my physical self, my emotional self was not in alignment. So it is now very much my, again, my message is that happiness is an innate quality of our spiritual self, along with love and peace, it is all of that. And that we then need to align our physical, mental, emotional self to that place that is always whole, healed and complete. It is perfection exactly as it is now, but then aligning, how do I bring my mental self? And my mental self was my worst critic that I was, it was always talking shit to me. I don't know if we can swear on here, but it oh, was yeah, always limiting me, sabotaging me, criticizing me that I was never pretty enough, never skinny enough, never athletic enough, never enough, a lot of different things. So when you said, oh, you realize that you're enough. Oh, no, I didn't realize that <laughs> till like many minutes of working and the universe just keeps bringing situations course. up that indicate to you that even cognitively, I was like, of course, I'm enough, I'm enough. No, things happen. And it little pushes on the little thorns here at the side that it was like, are you kidding me? And still <laughs> over 10 years. And it's still, it's still, it's work. It's work. It is work, but it's work every day. And that's, you know, so key. I love the fact that you brought that up because a lot of times people think, okay, I went through therapy. I went through this. I went through that. I'm good now. No, <laughs> no, I have a therapist, not shy to say. And sometimes we meet and we talk about like, it's kind of like, 
never like that there's an issue and her kind of mindset and i love this is to fix the roof when it's sunny outside don't fix it when you're in the middle of trauma right because then it's you got to peel those layers away and then you've got to you know deal with the actual issue at hand and so i think like you said two things you got to be that person 40 something in 40 years you un raveled it in 10 high five to you and then you can you continue to teach it to other people another high five to you but you brought up something so important which is it's to me it's what I call a whip which is a work in progress I think we're all works in progress and you know that little voice that is not so nice to us whether it started from when you were a very young child and continued on and we didn't deal with it fair enough. But I think negativity does try to come in sometimes at different times in our life. And I always say, you know, if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, you wouldn't have any friends left. So why can't we be kinder to ourselves? What do you think the answer to that is? Absolutely. And when you connect to that love that you are and you begin treating yourself in loving ways then we can only then also be loving with everybody else that again we are love peace and happiness they say that happiness is the gift that you give not only to yourselves but to everyone around you because when you embody that love you only want that love for everybody else you want to share it but you also show up as that love Yes. In, in every space that you're at, because it just emanates freely from you. So that is why doing this work is so important, because yes, it serves you, but it serves everyone around you, that it allows you to show up as your optimum self in every single space. And that I know the work that I do on me benefits my family tremendously, that there is this beautiful peace and harmony in our home, because I'm this like springy, like fairy going around, <laughs> not all the time, but for the most part, I'm in my happiness bubble and I float around and, and I'm just like being me, but the being me is me not being, you know, a loaf, me not being angry and frustrated, me not just being that with everybody, but the complete opposite. So when they come home, even if they've had a rough day, I'm immediately like uplifting them just because that's how energy works. It just like, well, law of attraction is all something else, but nevertheless, it's like, that's why those of us that are doing the work, we have to also know that we impact others energetically. It's like that person who enters in that space and everyone's like, whoa, like, who's that? It's that like, that sunshine breaking through, through through the clouds. It's that. And we know the opposite too. When that person comes in and you're like, you can feel the like toxic energy that's just like coming off them. And you're like, yeah, I want no part of it. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it is, it is so worthwhile doing the work. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you say that you continue to do the work, which brings me to a couple of my final questions. What do you do? I think I'm going to know the answer to some, but do share some of your sort of secret tips and tricks and, you know, to how do you self care for yourself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So my company is the steps to happiness uh, coaching. And so it is 
all of the things that I do. So on my shows, um, which I hope you'll be able to share the links to as well, where we all I sure will. It'll about, all be in here. We openly talk about the different steps that we can take to live happier lives. And so I'm going to say that it's important for people to develop a happiness toolkit, that in that toolkit is those practices that help you to connect with that place inside of you that is always happy. So people believe that the activities are their happiness. So whether it's going to concerts and sporting events or um, hiking or doing exercise or drawing or whatever, hanging out with friends, going to networking events, movies, all these things that during the pandemic, when a lot of these things were taken away from us, people were like, well, how do you expect me to be happy? Well, happiness is not in those things. It's those things are a vehicle that are helping you to connect to a place inside of you that is always happy and happy in abundance. So your toolkit is going to be different than someone else's. So it's important that when you spoke about mindfulness, that when you are in every moment to be conscious and aware of how you feel when you are participating in particular things or when you're hanging out with certain people is to really hone in and say, how do I feel? Do I feel happy? If it's making you feel happy and energized and butterflies and optimistic and all of that, you want to become aware of that and add that to your toolkit. So those things for everybody could be cooking, could be drawing, playing with your kids, walking your dog. What is it for you? What is it for for you? What is it for you? I want to know personally what you do since you are of happiness. What does the expert do? Give us three things. If you're feeling in a funk or the noise is kind of starting to come through, what are your three go-tos? Thank you. And they are the things that also I'm pursuing my PhD in happiness. And so it is the, the practice that I'm going to go ahead and share with you turns out are the ones that are all backed by science as well. So they are like now proven things that they actually work, but they were ones that were given to me by spirit. Spirit was like it along my path. It was like, try this and oh, and try that and listen to this practitioner and work with them. And so it was like, that's where the steps to happiness came about because I had taken various steps that and all those things are all part of my toolkit. So gratitude is one of those uh, practices that it is one of those things that immediately will raise your vibration, has a whole bunch, a whole host of benefits physiologically, mentally, energetically, emotionally, like all of that. So and I do it all day long. So it's not something that I set initially it was I needed to set time um, to do it. So it was like at night, at the end of the day, I would kind of go through all of the things that I was grateful for. But then it just became part of like what I do all day long that I'm just I love that in every and, moment. And it doesn't need to be huge. It could be, you know, I'm grateful for the sun beating down on my face and feeling the warmth. It could be, I'm grateful my child graduated from grade two. You know, it could be, you know, anything about, you know, seeing the leaves, having your two feet on the ground. It could be something huge or it could be something very personal and doesn't have to be monumental, right? That Waking up in the morning. <laughs> and Waking putting your up. Feet on the ground, 100%. So that gra- living in gratitude, number three. 
no, sorry, number two. So gratitude's number one. Meditation. Meditation. Yes. So there's also tons of research around meditation and mindfulness, as you said, um, where it proves, as you said, that it, it helps with men, with mental clarity. It also helps to release um, various hormones and neurotransmitters in the body. So those happiness hormones get released during that as well. Um, so that is one of those practices that I love that. And the thing with with meditation too, because you made all those great points about it, which I was so um, thrilled that you did about it being two minutes or like 102 and you don't have to get to that special location. All you need to do is just close your eyes and go inward. Like it's just in there. <laughs> That's what it's doing. So, it's, so you could go do that in the washing stall. You could do that in yeah. your car. You can do that in your backyard, like anywhere. You don't need the candles and the incense and the loose clothing. And but a like lot of people thought that it, again, myself included until somebody said, Oh no, like you, like you said, you can do it anywhere. You know, they're like, you know, people might question you. Why are you closing your eyes? Are you sleepy? It's like, no, I'm trying to zone you out. No, but you know, you just can do it at any, you know, in any space and any length of time, uh, you know, obviously a little bit longer, but you can do small increments throughout the day. Don't you feel like, just yeah. as equally as energized because you're taking something for yourself. And as women, I feel like we don't do enough of that. We don't do enough of self-care. I love the fact that you shared that it's gratitude, meditation, and mindfulness. Those are three, to me, they're life-changing. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Same for yourself, I would. Yes, wish. because mindfulness is being in the present moment, which is where happiness is found. Happiness is found in the now. So oftentimes when we're participating in those activities that you think are bringing you joy, but what they're actually doing is connect connecting you to the joy that's inside of you in abundance, always flowing there. You just need to tap into it. Is that, Oh, no, no. you were saying, no, you were saying that, um, you were living in the moment. I think what you were yes, 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 where happiness is found. Yes. So you're like, Oh, I feel so happy. Yeah. It's because you're present, but oftentimes we're living in the past right? That the way our brain operates, 95% of the 60 to 70,000 thoughts that we have are the ones from yesterday. So it and just that's what leads to depression is think I always and I know this, again, science based, when you live in the past, or you have things that have happened in the past, it often causes a lot of depression thinking about the future uh, can cause anxiety. So just being in the moment mm -hmm. is so powerful. Yes. And, and checking in with yourself, right? Being consciously aware of how you're feeling, what's going on. That's where that appreciation and gratitude comes in because then you're like, wow, like, as you said, the sun feels so good on my skin or the warmth feels so good on my face or this breeze feels amazing. And this, and like the colors that are surrounding me and the sounds that I'm hearing with my ears it's just that when I eat too, like I eat very slowly, but it's, and everyone around me is annoyed. It's like they're already done. And yeah. I'm still like there because it's like, I'm really enjoying the moment being so aware of like the colors on my plate and, and the textures in my mouth and the tastes and, and all of it. And so I eat very, very mindfully. And if we could do that with everything, that we do to be really present and saying, okay, like while you're working on something, are you like, do you need to take a break? 
is you know is your body is the communication of your body telling you you need to get up and stretch and you need to go for a walk or do you need to eat something but oftentimes we just stuff and tuck and we're like no no i don't have time for that and you just keep plowing through and and we have all of these you know different sayings around no pain no gain and, and all this other stuff that it's like then we're not living our happiest lives. If we're working 60 to 80 hours a week, getting to the end of the week because we you know, have a brutal commute and maybe work with awful people, managers and colleagues that are all negative and toxic. And then we're like, I hate my life. Yeah, because yeah. how much time did you spend connecting to your happy place this week? Exactly. I love that. You are absolutely rock star and amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of love. And I so enjoyed speaking with you. I hope that there's going to be a part two. I'm going to include everything, all your bio and people can find you on social media, on your website and contact you if they wish. You are a breath of fresh air. Continue being that bubble of happiness. Bring some my way and to everybody else. And I so look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you so much. It's been such a delight. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa.